Ding, ding. It's round two. Goal time. We're here again. We're in the lead. We are. We, we took an early lead. We beat Coastal News last time round <laughs> on their own pole. And on ours as well. I, I, felt, I did feel a little bit bad for a minute. And then I realised that I wanted to win for us, but also for all the Neighbours fans out there. Yeah, uh, we did it. We did it for you, Neighbours fans. Who cares that we got cancelled twice? Who's who's laughing now? Exactly. Hopefully you lot, as you listen to this podcast that we've just done with Coastal News. Tell people, if people missed the first one, what, what, uh, what are we doing here? So we are bringing the best of Neighbours to face off against the best of home and away. In a in the- battle for the ages. The eternal question, which is better, Neighbours or home and away? So far, it's early days. Neighbours is in the lead. But we are not going to be complacent, are we? No, you can't get complacent because that's how that's how it goes wrong for you. But ultimately, it's not up to us. It is up to you, the listeners. So listen to this episode. What's this the episode about? It is about the best deaths. Best deaths best on deaths. the respective shows. We mm-hmm. pick five. They pick five. Them are heart-wrenching. Some of them are ridiculous. Some of them have got stunts. Some of them have got flat lines. All the go-to tropes of a good death on a soap are included. Like you said, pick your winner. We will put the, the polls on, on the Twitter. Which show has got the best deaths? It is up to you to decide. Kind of bit like Big Brother. Is that in Big Brother where he goes, you decide? I don't know. Big Brother's back as well. I'm not talking about that. No. And so his neighbours. And we're back. And we're back on top. For how much longer? You decide. That's me doing the Geordie accent. Fucking pit the music. <laughs> Welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch versus Coastal News. The battle for the ages, neighbours versus home and away. The battle wages on. I am your host of Sarge JK. I have brought to battle beside me uh, my friend Adam. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be on your team anymore. It's just... <laughs> I might switch. This might be like a, a classic wrestling swerve where Ooh. halfway through you just join the other team instead. And it becomes a three-on-one against me. <laughs> but we'll see how that folds out. Uh, we are battling, of course, Sai and Sophie. Hello, Sai and Sophie. Hello. 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 We could do with another member, I think, after round one. So. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about round one, side? Do you want to bring you, you brought it up <laughs> now, so do you want to talk about it? What, what, nope. what do you want to say? <laughs> what, what round one? <laughs> <laughs> This is why the the war wages on because it was so it was so very close, it was so was very it? close on was your it? own polls, <laughs> on your own poll on Twitter, which I'm assuming is predominantly by home followed by home and away fans, but we um, did edge your own Twitter poll. <laughs> yes, and we've, we've got neighbours <laughs> fans on ours, unfortunately yeah. as well. Yeah, and neighbours yeah. is flavour of the month. Just you wait till that dust settles. <laughs> oh fuck me it, it has it has it settled jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> so we are this week i don't know about you Sophie. not feeling mm. very confident about this one we'll no, see not at all mainly because we'll i haven't prepared 
I felt more <laughs> confident with Irene, so you know, it was close enough. <laughs> I was going to be actually, but yeah. Do you want? Do you two want to tell the lovely listeners what this battle is going to be? Because the first one was show legend. We each picked a legend. You obviously picked the awesome Irene. She didn't quite get it over the line because she was narrowly defeated by old Jelly Belly himself, Harold Bishop. It was very close. It was good. Uh, it was a good battle. Um, do you want to tell everybody what this battle is going to be about? About over. What's what's the deal this time? So this time we're doing show deaths. Which Aussie soap has the best deaths? Pulls at your heartstrings, surprises you, shocks you. Which soap does it better? And we haven't just picked one each, have we? This time, this time, what have we got? What have we gone for? We went for five, right? I hope so. Five deaths each. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, this is a very, this is a very sensitive matter as well, deaths. Uh, so I'm glad that we've we've chose this because I'm very good with sensitive issues. <laughs> as are we. <laughs> the thing with soaps in general, isn't it? Is it really a soap if there's not just an uncanny amount of deaths either in one street, one neighbourhood? Um, people keep going to these places for some reason. They keep buying houses there even though there's a very good chance they're, they're not going to get out alive. Um, so I think it's a key part of any good soap is a good death. I agree. And and soaps over the years have thought of uh, more interesting and different ways to kill characters off. They, they, uh, even the ludicrous deaths are some of the best. Well, what have you gone for? Have you gone for the? Have you gone for a mixture? Have you gone for ridiculous? Have you gone for heartfelt? What have you gone for, you guys? So, um, we've we've we're a mix. So we've gone for some of the some of the heart string ones. Some are mm, we've mainly picked the biggest characters from Home and Away, the most loved characters that perished, and they actually have perished. You know, like none of this, you know, didn't see a body, nobody, no crime nonsense. Like these are dead and buried. Nobody, no crime. Is that, did Bob Marley do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Taylor Swift. Nobody, <laughs> no crime. Sampo original. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting because I think we've gone a different way about this. I think we've tried to get a nice mix and a different flavors. I don't think we'd particularly talk worried about the person it was more the circumstances and how it happened for us i think were the the key things when we look at these we started there and then sophie feel free to stop me if we don't give too much away we started there and then we thought how can we get votes <laughs> 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 Yeah, this this list would have been completely different if it just been my favourite deaths, but it's not. It, we tried to think what would the viewers' favourite deaths be. So. Oh, we're fucked this time because <laughs> I know we've come in overconfident here. going, yeah, we can talk. <laughs> we've just picked <laughs> things that made us laugh. Really, I mean, I bet <laughs> we've do a put out a poll already that says what deaths do you like, and now you're going to use them. You, no, I, we're not that sure? organised. 
Well, <laughs> we, no, we have really. We did it on that Twitter thing. Community. Oh, well, no one replied though. Did well, we had one person reply. Yeah. Was it Maka or someone? I can't remember. Or yeah. Michelle, one person reply. I don't even know if we include, included the death because I can't remember who it was. <laughs> well, this is going to go very Track. well there. Oops. Just, just proves that cheaters never prosper. Just proves Well, that. you know, as well, because we're 1-0 down, we've got probably a bigger fire in us bellies, eh? So. Yeah, you know, this, is... Well, cause this is going to get boring if we win every week. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get right into it, uh, I've got a little fact for you. Uh, so I was looking at how many people have actually died on Neighbours since the show began. And I was quite surprised at this figure. I'm just going to drop the figure and see how you react to this. 68 people have died on Neighbours. I yeah, was actually quite shocked. Right. I thought it, I thought it was quite low. Really? How yeah. long has it been on? 30 years? It's longer than Homer's, isn't it? What, you're getting on for 40 years now, aren't you? On uh, Neighbours. 37, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I agree. I thought there was going to be a few more than that. I mean, that, like, it sounds ridiculous because it is just one little cul-de-sac in Australia and all these people keep fucking dying. But or, when you think about neighbours, you think someone dies every couple of weeks, really. <laughs> it's got a higher death count than Predator, I think. Um, <laughs> I suppose there's injuries, isn't there? And there's stuff where people nearly die a lot of that happens in soaps doesn't it where you kind of come back from the brink of i think some people on our list today have nearly died a few times and then eventually did die <laughs> that, that is true you do get a lot yeah. of injury. do you know how many people have died on home and away you two do we act? i think, I think right. it's about 70 odd yeah right and this is why we're getting your votes because <laughs> i've looked it up <laughs> and i do no research for my real job let alone this one so um, it's actually, this was surprising, 113. Whoa! That is mad. Considering we've only got a cast of 20 at the moment, that's mad. Like, that's there's all, only 20 people. neighbours. <laughs> I wonder if that's something to do with the amount of season cliffhangers we have and Olympic yeah. cliffhangers and stuff. The know. amount of car crashes alone that we've had. Oh, yeah. There's a count of 50 of them. I think living near the beach as well has got to contribute to that. Oh, yeah, the sharks. Yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised how little people have died in the sea, actually. Yeah. Have you got any sea deaths in yours? Don't tell we've us. Got, we've, got yeah, a, a related, we've got a related one, a related right. sea death. Okay, well, <laughs> let, let's get into it. Uh, losers go first, so uh, we'll let you see <laughs> how. <laughs> This is the thing. So just before we do, like, the, like uh, there's that thing, isn't there, about a, being a bad winner? And I have never met a worse winner in <laughs> oh, my yeah. life than this guy. I am. He is I horrendous. Am a, I am. I would very love gracious loser. Down a peg or two. He's an <laughs> yeah, I'm a very gracious loser because I'm. Really <laughs> I am. I'm generally used to losing, so I'm quite gracious with that. So when I do get that win, I fucking rub it in people's noses like unbelievable. You enough. rub it in their noses or you rub their nose in it, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you rub it in I someone's face or you rub their nose in it. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on, you two. Hit us with the first one. Go for it, Soph. Am I doing Bobby? First? Go. 
Yeah, chronolo okay. chronology. Chronology, yeah, let's go with that. So I'll give you a bit of an insight, because I know you guys, you've never seen Home and Away, have you? I don't no. think. No. 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 So it's, I'm like not gonna... it's like Neighbours, but not as good, right? No, it's <laughs> like Neighbours, but way better. Yeah. Never, never been cancelled. <laughs> yeah. and not even cancelled in its own country still on you know eight nice. every night yeah <laughs> anyway moving on <laughs> i'm gonna give you a bit of a backstory about the character because obviously me just talking about her death you know is it's going to be a bit inconse inconsequential without knowing who she was i think to start with so starting with bobby simpson played by nicole dixon uh, she was introduced in the pilot episode of Home and Away back in 1988, and she was killed off in 1993. So she was on the show for about five years-ish. Uh, we found out eventually that she was the secret love child of Morag Bellingham, who is Alf Stewart, I'm sure you've heard of him, Alf Stewart's mm -hmm. sister. Um, she had a baby, and it, the, we didn't know that she had a baby. We didn't know who the father was. He didn't know that he'd had a child for a long, long, long time. The father was Donald Fisher, who was the headmaster of the school, uh, flathead. Back flathead, yeah, flathead Fisher. Mm. So she's technically, I guess, Bobby is kind of like home and away royalty. If you think of the royal family, she's probably Harry, I guess, Prince Harry, in terms of the home and away uh, legacy. Um, but when she came to the show, she was a troubled, tearaway, runaway teen. She was hiding out in the caravan park, making enemies of pretty much everybody, all the locals. Um, her adoptive dad was a violent alcoholic, he got sent to prison and her adoptive mum had died of cancer when she was 15. So she'd gone off the rails a bit, she got a reputation as a wild child. She wasn't afraid to tell you exactly what she thought about you and she was quite, for a sort of daytime soap in the late 80s, early 90s, she was quite edgy. She was not your typical girl next door, you know, bikini on the beach kind of girl. She was a bit of a punker character, uh, you know, a bit of a punk, bit of a rocker. So I guess she was a bit of an icon for the teen angsty girls watching at home as well uh, but in true classic homeaway style she goes on the old soap journey becomes an integral part of the bay ends up being part of the blended family the Fletcher family which are the main family that the show was centered around at the beginning which is all these foster kids with uh, Tom and Pippa and then eventually uh, Michael and Pippa um, being the sort of the, the parents of all these kids she actually ended up being the foster mum herself as well she got a foster child called Sam in 1991 and then later met his dad and married him and then ended up having a family together. So she's on our list of deaths because it sounds like she's, she's you know, had this sort of start troubled start in life. And then she's got married and got a foster kid and everything seems to be nice and nice and rosy. But it's a soap. So, of course, she didn't have a happy ending. So sometime in 1993, she went on a speedboat ride with her friends, Adam and Luke. Uh, and Adam was kind of a show off. He was driving too fast. Um, and, you know, showing off, going way too fast in the speedboat. And Luke's sitting at the back of the boat with Bobby. He sees a piece of driftwood in the sea up ahead. It tries to warn Adam and tell him to slow down, uh, but it's too late. And he just basically carols into this driftwood uh, too fast. And then Bobby goes flying. You see her get flung up into the air um, off the back of this speedboat into the water. But she doesn't die immediately. She's stretched off to hospital. Uh, we find out that she's in a coma, she's got swelling on the brain, she's got suspected brain damage, and everybody's rallied around her, so everyone's sat around her hospital bed, Sam and Greg, her family, Pippa and Michael are there, Flathead Fisher, who now knows that that's his daughter, he's sat around by the bed, they're all rooting for her to get better, um, but unfortunately, 
she's brain dead um and we have to switch her life support off so this was like a huge death because it was actually on screen um this decision to switch her life support off everyone's sitting around the bed crying saying their goodbyes and then cue flatline machine oh. and she's all bandaged up and lying there and it was pretty sad really it was one of those deaths where when you're a child it was kind of like because i think i was probably 10 or 11 when this aired in the uk and it was actually pretty terrifying it's pretty traumatizing as a child and i think that's probably one of the reasons why i'm still scared of boats i'm still scared of the sea i think there's loads of deaths on home in a way that have contributed to my fear of water generally <laughs> and fear of boats it was one of those things that's quite traumatizing but actually i watched the clip on YouTube yesterday and watching her getting flung off the back of the speedboat now is quite comical if you watch it back. Um, I don't know whether it's Sai, do you agree with that mm -hmm. at the time? Quite, you were younger than me though, do you remember? No, I didn't see that first time round. No, Much I remember it being quite traumatising the first time round, but then now watching it back I was like it's actually quite funny to just see this body, which yeah. is blatantly a mannequin or something, goes 20 foot into the air off the back of the speedboat yeah. into yeah. the sea and it's like oh it's not actually as traumatizing as i remember driftwood's like a twig yeah couples <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in the sea you know like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> next summer yeah. holidays then you, you'll be fine to go on the water on a water skiing trip yeah I love, it. <laughs> I love it yeah no it's not no i'm not i'm still i saw jaws when i was like eight and that traumatized me so that, no <laughs> sea's always been a bad bad thing um bobby's one of them deaths that it kind of everybody was affected by it like I say she she came into the bays like this troubled teen and then she ended up being really loved and a really well-loved character um and it's one of those deaths that always makes all the BuzzFeed quizzes because not just because she died and she was really popular but also because she when after she died two years later she was in another scene um where someone else Ailsa who ended up being married to Mr Stewart later on She's on prescription medication. She's going through a whole load of shit herself. And she's tripping bald in the kitchen one night and freaking out on these on this medication. And she sees Bobby's ghost essentially coming out of the fridge as she's hallucinating. And that's something that everyone still talks about. It's like one of the wildest things that's ever happened on a sofa. But it makes all the compilation shows and stuff like that. So I think Bobby is just like an iconic character for lots of reasons, both dead and alive, I think. <laughs> I reckon you get you get. I don't know. I feel like we should have even come up with a bit of a grading system for this because I think that's a good one. <laughs> it's got like it's got a, a stunt in it, which I think is always good. Like a big kind of like that's that'll be on the next week on the show or or something like that. Yeah. It's got a flat line, which is always soap gold, I think. And then it's it's got a ghost <laughs> afterwards, and that's that's high point scoring right there, straight out the gate. I think. <laughs> Do you get it's to, a mad does, one. Do you see someone like switch something off as well? You... Yeah, you see it. You see the whole thing. Like they're sort of sat around the bed. Everyone said their goodbyes. Then her adopted foster kid is sort of taken out of the rooms because he's only like, I don't know, 10. He's young. And then you see her husband and the switch just goes. And then you just hear the do, do, do. And then the flat line. And then it's, it is, it was a as a 10 year old, that was traumatic. <laughs> So it's like one minute she's on the back of the boat having a great time, the next minute she's dead. You know, it's like, Ugh. Um, and she was one of my favorite characters at the time as well because she was a bit of a gobby kind of punk chick. So I thought she was pretty cool, but yeah, <laughs> but now it's quite cool. comical. It, it, watch the clip of her flying off the back of that boat, it, it's quite comical now, now that I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's funny that you mentioned water because. Mm. 
that's where our first one oh, ends yeah. up. Uh, well, I say first one, first three. That's right. We're coming out with three deaths straight away. Three we're wow. talking. We are not three messing around. One. <laughs> we're talking about David, Liliana, and Serena Bishop, who all ended up dead in the water after a plane crash. Yeah. Take that. Big, massive stunt to start off. No little twigs. A massive, <laughs> massive plane crash. I regret that now. <laughs> so uh, it was 2005, I think, and they some sort of anniversary for Neighbours. And they've decided that uh, Paul Robinson, owner of Lassiter's, Lassiter's Worldwide, was going to do what's called a joy flight. So apparently that was a thing back in the 1940s. People would just get on planes, have a great, get a bit pissed, have a great time, get off, and then fly back again and get a bit more pissed. Uh, it's not like that these days. It's not that fun. That's all. If I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, then have you clearly. <laughs> They are anything but joy flyers, aren't they? Uh, so they've organised this thing, and there's there's all these golden tickets like fucking Willy Wonka going on, and everyone's everyone on this cul-de-sac somehow gets gets a ticket. It's meant to be for the wider Erinsborough. Actually, no, it's meant to be worldwide. I think these tickets, but yet how ninety five percent of these tickets end up in one cul-de-sac in Australia, and passing them fucking they're passing them about, and we get to the actual plane and there's a bomb on it. Oh. We get to see the bomb placed on there as everyone's dressed up in the 1940s gear, having a great old time, really excited to well, this. And we get to see the bomb placed on there. Halfway through the flight, drama's going on because there's obvious drama's going on. Boom. Well, I say boom. They didn't really put much money into this one. <laughs> they just kind of, they were filming it and then the camera just went and shook. And they went, oh, we pretend you're crashing now. So uh, they ended up in the water. The whole plane was in the water. And Harold Bishop's... Sorry, sorry, go on. Sorry, did the bomb go off? Oh, yeah, yeah, it went off mid-flight, yeah. But the plane... So start this, nobody's checked for this bomb. There's been no pre-flight checks at all here. The bomb is like just someone wanders in. If they put it on, like, the wheel, um, they set it <laughs> like it's going to go off in 35 minutes. And then they walk out. Nobody checks this plane um, in any way. Um, they're just all too happy with the free champers. They're on the plane. Um, and, yeah, it goes off mid-flight um, right over the sea. And, yeah, there's not there's not a big explosion. There's, I think there might be some shaky CGI or something like that. Um, but then that's the cliffhanger. The plane goes down. And then the next episode, um, everyone's in the water. Well, I say people are in the water next episode, aren't they? That's where it picks up next episode. Yeah, people are in the water. Some people get to shore, uh, but there's three people who never come to shore, and that is David, Liliana, and Serena. So David Bishop is Harold Bishop's son. Liliana is his wife, and Serena is therefore Harold's grandkids. He loses his entire family in one go. Uh, this is a character who's already lost his wife at this point, already lost the previous daughter, his other previous daughter as well. Some would say he's a show legend. <laughs> <laughs> Some would uh, say yeah, he's the best show He legend. loses everybody, but there's a nice bit before they go, so he's just reconciled with his son and his, his oh. daughter-in-law and all that kind of stuff. And he gives his, his granddaughter a hug and he says, oh yeah, I'm glad we've sorted all that out. I love you, Dad. <laughs> I love you too, son. And it's one of those, like, you straight away, you're like, 
they're not getting back. They're they're dead. They're dead straight away. These three poor bastards. Um, so and yeah, that is what happens. There's like a the it's night time. They're clinging on, um, but unfortunately, they don't make it. And what is the fallout from this? How does Harold take this? Yeah, the best part is this, is that he then blames Paul Robinson for organising this flight and for the death of the rest of his family. So on Boxing Day, he tries to strangle him. Say, <laughs> was this leading up to the... Oh, Lord. We did watch this clip, didn't we, after last time? We did watch this clip of him creeping up like hitman, <laughs> assassin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's the whole reason why he does that, because his whole family's dead and he blames Paul. Ah. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. But who was it? Who? Because we don't, we still don't know who's placed the bomb at this stage. But we find out a little bit after oh. who was it who placed this bomb. It was Paul Robinson's son. Oh. Yeah, he's a strange son in New Zealand because he's got fucking kids all around the world. <laughs> That's Paul Robinson. Uh, his his son in New Zealand hated his dad because he never went over to New Zealand to spend any time with him. So I went, I'm going to blow up a plane. He did it to try and kill Paul, and I think he was. I think he was with Izzy at the time as well. He did it to kill them, but then ended up killing the Bishop's whole family instead. Oops. There you go. That is our first one. Gosh. Dramatic. Revenge. Grief. Yeah. Spiteful. Yeah. I love plot me. So, you know, the whole the bomb in the wheel, why has it not been checked? Full of holes. Love it. Oh yeah, this was post 9-11 as well. Oh god. <laughs> so we've had we've had a what was it the first one so for jet ski on the first one? She was she flew off the back of a speedboat, yeah. Okay, so we've got speedboat plane crash. This is good. We're getting a good mix. What have we got next from the bay? Right. Should we do KCB and I'll do yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. So it's not we're going well, this isn't a stunt. This is, this is a shooting, so we'll get away from the transport link. <laughs> so, did I mention the Braxtons in episode one? And I said to you that it's this surf gang that's yes. yes. of uh, tats and drugs and sex to the day, and we loved it. So, um, there's three brothers, three Braxton brothers. You've got head of the household, Daryl Brax Braxton. You've got the buffed middle brother, Heath, always making trouble and, you know, giving the game away. And then you've got a baby, Casey, who was a teen when the, when the Braxtons joined the show and shook the bay. And um, he was attending the high school, trying to get on with some sort of normal life, but had this second part of his life outside of sort of Summer Bay High and sort of the, the structure of the school where, you know, he's, he's, he'd be carrying drugs or his father was making him shoot his first victim um because he'd wronged him in the past or something and you know just to prove something to his father and all the rest of it so who for a few weeks while he was out of jail um and so you can imagine the stuff these guys got up to and the women along the way um and the Daryl Brax the head of the head brother had um what's the word he had um, a romance romantic involvement with the with the other side with the bay police woman and it was a bit of a struggle for the old braxton river boy gang to um, <laughs> accept that, that 
That statement sounds very like Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you're on the right lines. Um, so, um, and there began in secret, the brothers weren't happy, the wider Riverboy community wasn't happy about it. Um, and they sort of used her for inside info in the police and she would, would believe that he would always change and that old trope. And long story short, she ends up dead by um, the Pirovich family who um, they had beef with, as gangs do, long story short. And Jake Pirovich goes to prison for killing Brax's police girlfriend policewoman girlfriend escapes prison and i only i only realized this when i was looking this up earlier because uh, i'd forgotten all about josh barrett um mm. there's another character called josh barrett who murdered somebody and pretended he was blind um who was involved <laughs> in trying to stop him and basically this is how nuts this death is um he's going after josh for wronging his brother eye for an eye there was even a spin-off home and away tv movie home and away eye for an eye that sort of went through oh, all brilliant um, and um he, he's jake Pervich. he's escaped from prison for killing brax's missus and goes to shoot J um josh barrett misses and hits casey the younger brother instead who then oh. in a weeping Brax, head of the household, taps gang, bad gang members' arms. He dies in his arms, and then it just has this insane repercussions afterwards, because then it's like, you know, a, a gang member's way of dealing with that is is revenge. Um, it's like a night for night, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was mad. It was nuts, and Casey. Oh, I always hate that when someone gets shot by accident. <laughs> Through the yeah, me too. Me too. It's crap. I hate it when people get shot in general. Really, it's not a nice <laughs> experience, is it? Um, but yeah, accident. That's wrong place, wrong time, and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like the writers must have been watching. Like I don't know, they've just seen Goodfellas, or they got caught <laughs> up with the the rap war or something. It sounds like they, they were inspired by all these other yeah. gang related things. Absolutely. I mean, these guys split the audience, right? They took over the show and you either loved them or you switched off because they just, in fact, very famously, the actor who plays good old Alf Stewart, Flaming Galar, apparently went up to the up to the office and said, I'm not happy <laughs> with the <laughs> with the way the show's going. So yeah, um they they were probably well influenced a lot i think you know a female audience they knew what they were doing you know <laughs> did it do well though like he's obviously a stickler he's from like the the old guard kind of thing but did it ultimately do well like ratings and audience and things like that oh yeah. yeah 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 absolutely proper boosted the show they came over to the uk and did episodes they did they did two spin-off tv films um yeah it did loads I think that's a good that's a good point getter as well. If you've got a spin-off due to a storyline or something like that, whether you know when Hollyoaks did those late night ones and they were a little mm. bit more filthy than usual, stuff like yeah. that. I think that's <laughs> always a good thing. Neighbours, see, Neighbours got 
not exactly. I think they probably have had a few spin-offs, but we found on YouTube not so long ago, Neighbours versus Time Travel and Neighbours versus Zombies, which they <laughs> just made um, as like a YouTube series. If you've not seen it, check it out. It's everything you can imagine and more. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they, they are really, really fantastic. Yeah, they never did like, there was never an official spin-off, was it? It was just, it was mm-hmm. like when like webisodes were a thing. So like early 2010s when you could watch extra content online if you went on the website. It was all there to boost website hits. So the, the, late, uh, the film is... Yeah, cool. the latest one of these was like 2017. It's the last one yeah. we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, when was this death then? So I, what, what year are we so, talking for this one? Um, this was about 2016, yeah, um, depending on if you're watching Oz Pace or not. But, yeah, um, what I love about it is what happens, because Brax ends up inside himself because he just completely, you know, goes up, goes mad after this, you know, like venomous. And he ends up, and on his way to prison, his car, the police van that's taking him there, is run off the road into a lake nobody no crime while his new <laughs> girlfriend is pregnant as well unbeknownst to him you know has a baby and which is named Casey you know Casey Jr you know and the, and the legacy lives on so it it had a ripple for a good few years afterwards like it. and he came he came back you know because nobody so he wasn't dead and then he came back and was like to meet his baby and yeah mm. I like it can't I like follow. it. Yeah. I like Hold it on. a lot. And I suppose the next one we've got for that is not that epic in this, but it's it's really forgettable. And I think only really hardcore neighbors fans will remember this at all. But I think Adam said earlier, this one just makes us laugh because of the the scenario of it. And it's uh, Brendan Bell. He was never a main character on the show. Uh, he was the estranged husband of Tess. Uh, Tess showed up on the show, and then. She, I think she, she was a teacher, and you find out later she's got a husband in it. I, I don't know how much they actually went into this, but I think they they insinuated that he was an abusive husband. So she he was, was just a bit of a cock, one he? he was a bit controlling. <laughs> I don't know if he ever actually hit her or anything, but he was just a bit of a dick. He wouldn't let her go out. He was he wanted to know who she was with all the time. She'd started seeing somebody else. Um, and she was, and he was like, "What are you doing?" Blah blah blah. And he was trying to win her back, even though she was quite clear at one point she didn't want anything to do with him. And then he mm-hmm. kind of manipulated her into kind of taking him back. So he wasn't a particularly good guy. He was winding up Toady on the street. He he'd spotted that he was a bad guy, um, and Brendan was still just a bit of a cock. Uh, <laughs> the reason why this is quite a big moment as well. Because I remember it for when it happened. This one was this about '98 or something like that. Uh, I'd gone on holiday at the time, and this was when we were really enjoying the show. And I was away for about two weeks, and then I don't know if I asked, asked him to or not, but um, JK recorded all the episodes for me on VHS because <laughs> we, we were just enjoying it a lot of the time. Um, I, I think we. Were, we were both big, like, Steph Scully fans, Libby Kennedy fans at the time, and we needed to know what they were up to that week. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they, um, it ended up where it was Steph and Libby were on the, a motorbike, and they were just, it was, yeah. it was a rainy, stormy night. 
um, and they were racing back. What can you remember? What they were racing back for? I think they'd been camping and then they were losing lights. They're like, shit, we're in the middle of fucking whoop up here. We need to get back. So they're they're going a bit faster than they should do. But on the other side of the road is Brendan Bell, uh, who's been trying to give Tess space. Tess has got a whole new life in Ramsey Street. You know, she's and she's gone out dancing with one of the other teachers from school. Not romantically, like she's not interested in him at all. And he's this guy's not interested in her. You say that, but two teachers on a night out. <laughs> <laughs> And so he, he he shows up because he's gonna give her something, or he's bought her some flowers. He's like, no, I'm gonna some flowers. Yeah, he's bought he's bought her some flowers and shows up and told he's like, ah, she's out fucking, she's out in a fucking nightclub, mate. Sorry. So he chucks the flowers on the floor, backs up, backs up out the drive, knocks over the letterbox, which is always great, and then speeds down the road trying to head to this nightclub. And it's a like Adam said, it's a rainy night. You can't really see wipers are fucking going back and forth. And he fucking clips Steph and Libby, sends them fucking flying. I think he tries to overtake a bus. He does. There's a bus um, and he tries to overtake. He doesn't want to wait. He tries to shoot past on the other side of the road. Clip Only clips him, but it sends, sends Steph, Scully and Libby flying on this motorbike, um, <laughs> skidding into the road. Um, it, it's got a lot of shaky camera work, which is always nice on a soap to show you <laughs> just how scary it is. Um, and they go flying, and that's the cliffhanger for that episode. It's like, oh my god, what's happening? Um, so next episode, um, carry it on in the hospital. Everyone's getting wheeled in. Carl's rocking up. He's got the phone call straight away because he's on the back phone for Erinsborough Hospital, obviously, Doctor Carl Kennedy. Um, and they're all coming in to see what's going on. Libby's family are coming. Steph's family are coming. No one comes for Brendan because he's not on the main titles, and no one really gives a fuck. Um, but <laughs> Um, this is a scary moment because they're all in a bit of a bad way here. Um, and it turns yeah, Libby's out... Yeah, Libby's on that foot, I think. Yeah. No, Steph's fairly unharmed, but pretty shaken and was came out of it quite lucky, I think. Yeah, I think she was the first one on her feet sort of thing. Um, and Brendan, no one's really there for him. Tess eventually turns up. He's on the on the old uh, life support machine again. Um yeah, turns out they should have been checking on him because he fucking carts it. Out he of just dies. <laughs> he, he just he died. Goes, oh no! Completely off screen, just dies. Off screen. Just goes, yeah. <laughs> so he keeps up work. Yeah. Yeah. villain, not a main character. <laughs> um, what else did you say about him? Villain <laughs> dies off screen. <laughs> So you never see him in the hospital. You never see him. But what you see is Tess goes in to see him and you see just his hand. And he like she holds his hand. It's not him, let's be honest. His that actor's contract ended a while ago. Um, it's just his hand, and she's like going, Oh, maybe you know, maybe he wants so bad and all that kind of stuff. And then she leaves him. Um and then, they find, and then someone just basically shouts. I think it's just like the assistant producer or one of the writers who went, he's dead. <laughs> and, he's just, and that's the end of Brendan. We never see him again. Tess is pretty, like, she's she's pretty chilled out the next day. She's just getting on with it. Yeah, she's just over it. Um, so, yeah, that was the end of Brendan Bell. In that situation, though, Libby does find out that she cannot have children because she's in the accident, which is... And that story rumbles on for a while because she's with Drew at the time 
uh, and they were ready to you know start a family and all that kind of stuff um uh, they finally gonna become that that show couple that everyone was pulling for and she can't and at that point she says to drew i can't have kids i'm not gonna marry you now let's call it a day so that was quite a big a big moment for the show off the bat of what was he called again (laughs) (laughs) off the back of some knobhead marry something Listen, Honestly, that's soap, that, that soap law, right? Yeah. Baddy has to have his cup and so it, like it's a lot, you know, it's funny. And the, the some might call it poor treatment of that character, but he has to be treated bad at the end because he was a dick. That's mm. it. Them, them's the rules. We've been trying to get him, Tess, anyone who was there on that yeah, day on- just to find out just to see <laughs> if the actor pissed someone off or what happened because he was just shown the door yeah, very quickly. To be honest. It's the main reason I started the podcast. <laughs> was to find out what the fuck happened that day because it's it's such an odd scene. She's just acting with and she, uh Krista Bentley, who's the a- actress, does a fucking great job acting with his hand. But <laughs> poor girl, like she pours her heart out and she, she's just got this fucking hand just throbbing around everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it did really make us laugh. Uh, Adam said I videotaped these for him. That is absolutely true. I also gave him show notes as well. I wrote a little diary while he was away going. So, like, he'd watch the episode and I'd go, oh, my God, what did you think about this? This was fucking brilliant. This was stupid. This made me laugh. Yeah. Even yeah. then trying to host something <laughs> and get other opinion. Free digital podcast. I love it. Love that. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd kiss the girl at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> you had it fucking showed. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. You know, Steph Scully. So her mm-hmm. real life son. Um, he might have been in Neighbours a bit as well. Um, yeah, he was. Was was our Doctor Logan diagnosed everyone with PTSD and then got the boot because he didn't get vaccinated yeah he got a pretty allegedly, allegedly let's not make that off, though did he? he didn't get killed off but he did get sort of out quickly didn't he written out of the show quite fast yeah yeah we had an interesting wow. with character replacements last year because there was yeah. a, a vaccine update yeah, it didn't get vaccinated for whatever reason mm-hmm. wow is interesting. Maybe that's why that fucking I bet it's I don't know. <laughs> what was it in nineteen ninety eight? Was that like bird flu or swat foot and mouth or something? Was yeah, it just... mad, mad cow or something? Yeah. Cow, yeah. yeah, mad cow yeah. disease was a big thing. <laughs> I remember being on holiday in Spain and then like obviously you get the English papers, but like a day later. Mm. And then, like, all the fucking tab, all the red tabloids were like, mad cow disease. I'm like, Dad, we're never going to be able to go home. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to stay in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, just don't go to farms and touch cows and you'll be fine. Yeah. And then you cried again because that's what your hobby was at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I hadn't kissed a girl, so. <laughs> <laughs> just cows at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm plenty after that as well. Oh, right, next one. Do you want to go again so far, Sai, for, for your third one? Yeah. Which one should we do next, Sai? Got to be Shane Parrish, has it not? Yeah, Shane Parrish. Ha-ha. Well, I've heard this name. 
Shall I, I do Shane? Yeah, I'll chime in. Chime in. Thank you. I will need some help. <laughs> like I say, winging it. Uh, Shane Parrish. Right. Okay. So you might have heard of this this person because he was played by Dieter Brummer, who was a bit of a '90s heartthrob. Every teenage girl probably had a poster of of him from Smash Hits or some some magazine on their wall in the '90s. He was introduced into Home and Away in 1992, and he was killed off about four years later, 1996. Um, he came into the show as a 15-year-old. Um, he was introduced into the show because his brother Nick was already living in the Bay. He was the local copper um, and he was living with Donald Flathead Fisher because he was dating, I think it was Donald's niece or Donald's, some kind of relation of Donald. He was living with them. Um, in the first episode that we saw Shane, he was actually looking for Nick. So he turned up at Fisher's house looking for him because he knew where he lived. Um, no one was home. He was knocking on the door. No one was answering so in true Shane style, he breaks into the, the house through the patio window and makes himself a sandwich um, and just chills out in the house for a bit. Cause that's just just gives you an idea of what kind of character Shane was. Um, so he was kind of portrayed to us as the audience as kind of like the black sheep of his family. His parents were quite rich. We didn't actually see them. They were off, they were off screen, but we were led to believe that his parents were quite rich. They were lawyers. His older brother was this well-respected cop in the Bay um, and Shane wasn't academically bright. Um, he wasn't like his brother. He wasn't driven. He didn't really have a plan for what he wanted to do with his life. I mean, who does at 15, I guess? <laughs> anyway, um, but we They're were looking for it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were given the impression that like his parents cared about money um, and gave him all the material things in the world that he could ever want. But they didn't love him. Um, or certainly not as much as either they loved his brother, they kind of compared him to his brother. So we always had this kind of like inferiority complex, I guess, which came out as this rebellious side. He was getting involved in, you know, stealing cars, um, getting caught up in the wrong crowd, that kind of thing, getting into trouble. So it, obviously it was a huge hit with the audience. Um, like I say, he was a 90s heartthrob, a bit of a bad boy. Um, and they paired him up with someone else that you probably will, will know, um, a character on the show called Angel, who was played by Melissa George, who's in loads of B-movies now, I think, pretty much. I don't think she's anything. She was in an episode of Friends, I think, wasn't she? I think that was like her high career high at one point. But they, they, they were like this power couple, so they're like this super soap 90s couple. They're like the next big thing. Everyone was talking about them. Um, they had quite a big big storylines together so one of the big storylines they had as a couple was angel got mown down in the car by al stewart um and she became par paralyzed as part of one of their storylines um and then magically healed as she got on her wedding day we've had got, we've had that she, twice in this <laughs> have you yeah. oh, it, it does seem to be a classic soap sort of story like, like she was never going to walk again wedding. Yeah, she was in a wheelchair. Gets out of the wheelchair, walks down the aisle. Like, okay. <laughs> she hobbled. To be fair, she kind of hobbled down the aisle. It wasn't like a, you know, strident. But yeah, she was wheeled to the back of the church, and then all of a sudden, she you know got the energy to stand up and actually hobble to the to the front and get married. So that was like a, oh my god, angels healed. Um, which was a mad storyline. Um, I think both Shane and Angel have been quite unlucky with road accidents because I'll talk about how how Shane Parrish became Shane Parrish. Um, he, they, they were hosting, 
<laughs> I'm just going to call him that from now on. They were hosting a dinner party at their house. Um, and Angel decides at the end of the dinner party, she wants to make fried ice cream for dessert, you know, like you do in the 90s. Um, so she sends him out on his motorbike to go and pick up some ice cream because she hasn't got any. So he's out on his ice cream errand riding around on his motorbike in the dark. Um, and you see him almost get hit by this massive truck that was coming down the other side of the road. He's obviously not paying attention. Manages to swerve away from this truck. Uh, and then just as he's done that, he gets hit by this car and struck by this car, left for dead. The driver kind of does this really cold thing where he kind of backs up. The car looks at him. You don't see the driver. You just see this kind of person who's looking through a dark window and just leave them there for dead, lying in the road. But miraculously, that doesn't kill him. The, the cliff of the car doesn't kill him. He goes to hospital. He has internal bleeding. He's fractured his ribs. He has his spleen removed and he goes into a coma. But ultimately, he does wake up and he does make a full recovery. Or does he? <laughs> mm, that is the question. So one day... Shane, and because otherwise he wouldn't be on your list. <laughs> he wouldn't be on the list. No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> now this is quite a comical. This is a traumatic slash comical death. Well, I find it quite comical. Um, so one day, Shane and Angel, and she's pregnant now. We found out when he was in the coma that that she was actually pregnant with his baby, and she's already got another son called Dylan. So Shane. Pregnant Angel and Dylan were out to celebrate their anniversary. So they'd gone out for the day to this like touristy, idyllic spot. On um, the headland, you know. On the headland, yeah. It was on, like, is it on the Stewart's Point? I think it's there, Stewart's, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's on Stewart's Point. And they're having this lovely day out, taking lots of photos on a massive 90s camera, um, playing like baseball with the kid and that kind of thing, and having this nice picnic. And then all of a sudden Shane gets really sweaty and he's burning up and he's saying that he's not feeling very well. Um, and then he's lying on dramatically like prone on this rock while she's going, oh, my God, darling, can I help you? What can I do? Can I call the doctor? And she's screaming out to the, all these tourists, like foreign tourists in the background who just don't even understand a word that she's saying, going, help me, help me, while he's lying on this rock. And basically he just dies um, of an infection that we didn't know he had as a result of the motorbike accident, which is just he mad. Cut, he'd cut his finger on a piece of wire or something, and it turns out it was septicemia <laughs> that killed him. Yeah. Did you not check this at the hospital? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> Obviously not. No fucking wonder you've had double the deaths of neighbours. <laughs> some of these hospitals, Jesus. MRSA, you know, I think that's where it came from. I think, that's, I think it came from Homer's. Um, he didn't. He came, He did come back. Technically, he did come back after his death as well. So he did get a kind of ghost storyline because when Angel, obviously when he died, Angel was pregnant with his kid, um, and when she went into labour, um, she was like being driven to hospital in a storm, and they got lost on the way. She was in labour, and they were like, "Oh, I don't know." And I think it was Isla Fisher, you know, Shannon mm. that was driving the car at, at the time, and they they were lost. They couldn't see where they were going. And then this kind of person on a motorbike appears out of nowhere and they follow him to safety, essentially. And then he disappears into nowhere. And then we're, we were led to believe that that was ghost Shane helping his wife get to hospital to deliver the baby. I'm going to Google how many ghosts you've had on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's come back as a ghost. Or a, yeah. or a hallucination in the fridge yeah. when you're tripping yeah. your tits off in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't asked that many ghosts to be honest no. I think 
Jim Robinson oh, was a fairly, fairly fairly famous one. I think he showed up in a Christmas bauble one year. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, on the finale, though, when the you know the the finale of Neighbours, every everyone was popping up, weren't they? Like Madge was there, Doug Willis was there. Yeah, Kylie was like, That's no, bad. Kyle's not dead. Well, like there was a lot of ghosts rocking up on the last day. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. spooky. The end of that. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I think the style of Home and Away lends itself quite well to it because it's like it exists. It's quite camp, well. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it's and it, it really pushes that stuff. You know, time jumps and back flashes and forward flashes and it does it con it's, it's it's part of the fabric of the the style do so you it, think do you think that home and away set the stage for lost because it sounds quite <laughs> similar at the moment like like time jumps we have to go back ghosts polar bears weird <laughs> gangs yeah <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? So similar to me. I get. I I like it a little bit more after every one of our little chats. So <laughs> don't watch it right now because until the band's gone, it's going to be a bit of a yawn fest. But um, yeah, go oh, back. Go back. Ago, at work, somebody said to me a few years ago, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm I've caught an episode of Home and Away the other night," and they were like, "It's not what I thought it was." Like, <laughs> it, it's like it's okay to watch it. Like, you know, I don't. It's a bit. It's not that uncool. I was like, yeah, it's all right. But the Braxton. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> cool. Right. Let's move on to our third one then. Uh, with... So this is Julie Martin. Oh, you're going for it, are you? I'm going for Julie Martin, yeah. I'm not going to tell you how she died yet. I'm going to give you a little bit of... Those. I think I so... her. She might have filled. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this was '95, I think. This was only when Neighbours is considered at its worst. Whoa! I'm gone. That's when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I watched it. Then. It was like '94, '95. This. Yeah. This. Yeah. Universally, this is considered the worst of Neighbours. Oh. Uh, so, in the lead up to her death, spoilers, uh, <laughs> she'd managed to successfully turn pretty much all her friends and family against her. Uh, a couple of examples of this is that her son had already tried to kill her. He was he was uh, having some issues and decided that he hated his mum and wanted to kill her, so he tried to poison her. Uh, uh, she went back to Sandy, she wanted to go back to school and was just an absolute, absolute bitch to all the people in the school, including the teachers and the students. <laughs> uh, she, would, she was just like, well, I'm fucking 35. I know this shit. And I could beat you up if I wanted to, so I'm, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Just picking on these poor fucking 15-year-olds. I've got a clue. Uh, my favourite thing that she did try to do, uh, there was a Chinese family that moved in. Uh, the Martin's dog went missing. She obviously accused them of eating it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. This... God, you are joking. 94 neighbours. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, <laughs> considered very much considered the worst part of Davis. Uh, but she seemed to be turning the corner here, and Herman and Phil had been a bit rough. Like I said, she pissed everyone off, including Phil. Uh, but they decided to go have a nice romantic weekend, weekend away at a murder mystery to rekindle their love and their <laughs> and their romance. 
You know what uh, she did, you know what did before she, they went on this thing, though? Because they were falling out for a long while. And I've watched a little bit this t- today. Do you know what she did to Phil? Ooh, what? She, he, had, he had a worm farm. What? Like he did. He had a worm farm. She poured boiling water on it and killed all his worms. That's horrendous. That's worse than the Chinese stuff. No, that was worse. That was I still hope for that, the Chinese racism over a killing some worms, to be fair. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> awful. Um, oh, God. So we go to a murder mystery weekend, and the reason we picked this, one, it's got it's a funny story, and the Is idea romantic? of someone, someone dying at a murder mystery, we thought, brilliant, that's, that's yeah. actually good. Yeah. But what we wanted to do was also mention that, because you guys have got something coming up, that you could maybe tell people about now and we can link it in and look at us being like proper like podcasters oh, and stuff. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave it to Sai because I, I don't know the details. <laughs> she just knows the time. Um, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Thanks, Adam. Yes, um, Home and Away fans and anybody else, if you like, um, we are doing a meetup um, for um, our podcast listeners for home and away fans and we are doing a home and away murder mystery event in march in manchester next year um and hopefully nobody dies so come along (laughs) (laughs) are our neighbors fans allowed or are you going to have a big bouncer stood at the door saying if you like neighbors you're not coming in what's the deal we we are both free we have checked our schedules we are free in march and would love to come but obviously we 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 hate home and away. So is that are we is this still allowed or no? Uh, Neighbours fans are allowed. There's no prejudice. Uh, but you're you're gonna have to embrace the homers on the day. We can okay. do that. We can do that. We're educating you. So <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine by March. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what is it? Do we know it? Have we got a venue yet? Do we know what is this? Because I love a murder mystery and the idea of it all and everything. Like, can you can you divulge anything extra, or is it all a bit hush hush in the works at the moment? Um, it's hush hush in the works. We have a okay. couple of venues where the venue is to be confirmed. It's going to be Manchester City Centre for travel traffic, and we 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 polled our listeners about destinations and where they can get to and things. Um, so it's going to be Manchester City Centre. We've spoken to a couple of venues. It's not going to be like big, you know, it's going to be um, a, an intimate group. But um, depending on how many people book will depend where we end up. And we've got a number in mind. We're about half booked now already. So if you're thinking of coming, book before it fills up. It's well. <laughs> Amazing. So, the link somewhere on the social meds. We do that as soon as this is finished. Mm. Yeah, that that sounds It'd be very good. Feel very... free to kill JK off as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. And uh, yeah, and actually, we are we are writing the murder mystery in the Home and Away universe. So it's going to be camp. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds that, that sounds absolutely fantastic. I'm very excited for this. Again, if we're allowed, if we're allowed past the bounces. 
Well, it's going to be me and Sophie, so... I was going to say, it's me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you told right, stop promoting five, your shit. In. We were talking about one of our deaths. We're trying to win this. Shut up now. Yeah, I, one, of the reasons, one of the reasons we picked this, obviously, to, to talk about what you're doing next March, uh, I love the fact that a murder mystery weekend ends up with a murder that is also murder. a mystery because we find Julie the next day on the ground, you know, classic kind of pose, like one arm's up here, one arm's down there. Kind of almost like a kind of Egyptian kind of pose that you get. Like a fall? Uh, yes. <laughs> ah. Yeah. And because... She, or was she pushed? Or oh. who pushed her? And it's a full-on mystery. Some weird inspector turns up. He's not in the credits <laughs> or anything like that. He just rocks up, I'm inspector, whatever. And they all start singing to him straight away. They say, oh, I, they, they were having some problems. She did set fire to his worms. All <laughs> that kind of, like this that like his own kids dropping right in it here. Like oh yeah. They ask, they ask a daughter, Debbie Martin, they say, um, how have they been getting on? Any violence in the family? She was like, No, nothing like that. She did throw a glass at his head last night though, and she did he did say he would murder in her asleep. So <laughs> there's a mystery going on. Phil. We don't know at this stage if he's done it or not. He's distraught. She she isn't dead though. This is what confused me when I watched it again. She's down like she's dead in the in the classic um, Colonel Mustard with the candlestick kind of pose, and then turns out nope, she's not dead. Um, so they take her to hospital, hook her up to all the shit in the hospital. Beep, beep. <laughs> she's cra- she's crashing. She's crashing. Um, this is after Helen Daniels has rocked up with her other daughter, Hannah. Um, and she, Helen Daniels is brilliant here, by the way. She says to Hannah, probably going to die, mate. Hannah's like this little <laughs> six-year-old girl. And she's like, oh, my God, is, is my mum going to be okay? Is she going to pull through? <laughs> Helen Daniels goes, not going to lie to you. Probably <laughs> dead. Want to go and get an ice cream. That's what she says to her. She says, do you want an ice cream? And Hannah's like, no, I don't really want an ice cream at the moment. Um, And then the inspector's in. Can we ask you some questions? She's literally just died. Um, And then then what I spotted as well, because I watched the Aftermath episode uh, this afternoon. No one's asked the day after. No one is bothered. Like... (laughs) No one, no one really cares. The inspector's still like fishing around, so the Phil's more worried that he's going to get caught, which kind of makes you think, oh, maybe he did do something. Mm. Debbie, I think, is I think there's there's a start of maybe some sort of eating disorder kind of storyline going on, which is horrible. But she's like stuffing her face the whole time, like she keeps hiding these cakes from everybody. So that's what I think it was. And then what makes it even more of an iconic episode is on this this one where Julie Martin dies, there's a new character rocks up to the street and he's thinking about buying one of the houses. It's Dr. Carl Kennedy just having a look round. Wow. I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so it goes on for a little while. And uh, like I said, Phil is the prime suspect at this point. So I think to the point where the police are about to charge him with the murder. And then one of the daughters, can't remember the girl's name, I don't might remember, says, oh, no, wait a minute. I've just remembered what happened. 
I've re- I've got these repressed memories, but I did see her really pissed and she fell off the roof. She just that fell. Is, yeah, she, <laughs> she was drunk. She was what? up. She was having a sulk up on the tower and she Aww. just kind of falls I, off herself. I think she was massively pissed. I think that's what the daughter said as well, is that she's massively pissed here. Uh, I am yeah. getting worried for Manchester now because this is sounding quite like <laughs> likely. <laughs> Just make sure the venue's one floor. Yeah, I was going to say, can we have ground floor room, please? Sorry, because I'm a bit scared now. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. So well, here's, not the thing, here's the thing with Julie Martin, though, as well. So a little bit similar to the Brendan one. Um, hmm. Part of the reason why I think some of the characters aren't too bothered and we're moving on with Dr. Carl Kennedy moving in, she was a bitch. She was horrible yeah. to all these people. Say. Did anybody um, care? Did the audience care that she was killed? Or I remember this and thinking, she's a horrible lady. <laughs> well, I was fairly young at the time. I was just like, I hope she something bad happens to this woman. She's <laughs> not nice. And she, because she, that, like all those different things that she'd done. Hmm. And she wasn't like a cool villain or no. someone you could go, oh, yeah, they're like, they've done all these cool things or whatever, like your, your gangs yeah. in the, in the swamp or wherever they are. Um, <laughs> She was just this horrible, like, she was a bit of a Karen kind mm. of character. And she was just horrible to everyone. So, mm. good riddance. Fair enough. Yeah, and the uh, the actress, like you said about uh, the actor who plays Alf as well. Uh, the actress who played her, uh, she was recast. She was originally in, like, 1985, I think, in the start. And she got recast in about 92. Because, when, oh, well, we're talking about being paralysed as well. Phil Martin we're was one yeah. No, we were before about in the last paralyzed. one. Yeah. Phil <laughs> yeah. Martin was somebody who got paralyzed in a car crash, went away for a couple of years, came back just walking, didn't even mention it. Just like, oh, he walks again now. Brilliant. Another day. Uh, oh. So, yeah, they showed back up in about 92 with a di- different actress, uh, Julie Mullins. And apparently, she was very, very vocal about how much she hated being on that show and how she hated all the storylines. To the point which led the writers to just fucking kill her off. I was going to say, that's the quickest way to get out, isn't it? To moan, to moan about the storylines and the fact that you hate working there. Well, bye then. Not going to make you a better storyline, are they? Soap snobbery, but I've took the job anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go out. Let's give her a shout. Let's give her a shout. <laughs> 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 email. Go on. <laughs> right. Shall next one? Next one. Right. I feel like I'm going to have to do Ari Parata here because just to balance out that low key racism. So, balance it out with Are you coming out with some high level racism now, sir? No, no, no. Diversity storyline now, isn't it? Which, can I just say, like, Neighbours fans love to remind Home and Away fans about on a daily about diversity i'm sure you know so the public gonna come and you know come for me now um <laughs> so um the paratas paratas are a maori family um introduced into home and away a couple of years back now three four years ago um and um ari was the big brother and this is again it's another sort of brother type three brothers was it three Ari Tani. There was three, oh, one. yeah. One had already one, died. One had already died, yeah. In a, in a bank robbery or something gone wrong. Um, and Ari was in prison 
for his involvement in that and had come to the bay because in the prison he met one of the river boy gang while he was in there who told him how amazing it is in the bay how idyllic you know it's a good uh, good swell um so go and set up there and try and find a job so he's in town and um there's all sorts of stories as is uh, with the family integrating no money he's taken some building job and unfortunately now it's very out of the bloom this is another one we'd need to really know if there's any behind the scenes gossip here because it's not clear when you read online um ari's character was diagnosed with cancer and died from said cancer in was it about a fortnight so about three episodes i think yeah it was really super fast and in those three episodes we had a deathbed wedding um and what he was in prison yes he was in prison for he took the rap for a murder that he didn't do for first of all to save his brother um how but what was the best about the death was not like oh cancer died we've seen it a thousand times 68 times um but it was it it was the maori culture that made it so special um and help me out here was it a hacker sophie i don't remember the name of it but yeah basically a ha- hacker i think it's got a different um, name but yeah. we yeah, it was an it was all like you know promo like Australian television first. You know, it was a, a a process, a death process you'd never seen on a soap before. Yeah. You know, it was all the 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 Maori people over the family, the Farnu, um, the the chants, um, and how how they. It was just so interesting to watch like you could hear a pin drop watching it you know it was the whole grief process wasn't it so they had the body in the house so we actually saw Ari after he died he was actually in the show for about four or five episodes I think still wasn't he because he was just in the coffin in the house they were preparing him for the funeral and all the sort of precursor to the funeral all the family coming around and basically awake in the house everyone looking at him and talking to him and they were singing songs to him and all sorts weren't they so he was actually on the show for a good week after he died I think yeah and he came back as a ghost a few times didn't he he did of course yeah Yeah. of course (laughs) um um, they need to get blooming Yvette Fielding down there they do (laughs) (laughs) she's been loving it in the diner yeah. But they were the first reoccurring Kiwi family on the show, weren't they? So their first ever New Zealand permanent cast. And I think we've still got Tane, haven't we, on the show, the brother yeah. of Ari. But that that was like a key thing for us, the audience, learning, especially over here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in Australia, New Zealand, obviously it's something that's a bit more familiar. But over here we hadn't got – I mean, we, we've had to pr- learn to pronounce words without being offensive on our podcast because – it's just stuff that we don't know, um, but we've seen a lot of the, the Maori thing, culture, suppose, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. But this so it stands out as one of the big, one of the good greatest deaths because it was completely new. Yeah, like watching it, just soaking it in, like, oh god, this is so interesting. We're not going to see that on any other soap, are you? We, no. You can see shootings or car crashes or lost at sea or whatever, but you're never going to see that on anything else, are you? Really? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, something that's kind of educational about other cultures. I mean, 
I'd learned nothing from watching Neighbours for 20 some years. <laughs> Absolutely fucking nothing. So, <laughs> you're talking about points. That's really, really cool. You've learned how to kill worms quickly. Yeah. <laughs> if that occasion ever arrives. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, go on. No, I'm just thinking that's a good, uh, uh, that's a, that interesting one. There's no joke. That's like a, that's a good one to see. And it's, it's, it'd be a good thing for the viewers to see, wouldn't it? You can see that kind of episode winning like an award or something just because it's highlighting something that no one's seen before. So, yeah. Uh, he, I don't know if we're going to win this week. I think he won. We did, we do an award show every year. And I think last year his death won the best exit, didn't it? Last year for, yeah. for his, that, the whole thing, the whole, not not his actual death necessarily, but the whole aftermath of it and learning all of this this grief process and 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 how they grieve and yeah, it was just it was really well done. Um, and it yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those scenes where people have gone back and watched it. I've seen people talk about it on hashtag on Twitter and say I've gone back and watched those episodes because they're just so interesting and like you say, something we've not seen before. So and probably and it's really simple again. in them, you know, people have yeah. come come to come like like services there was days and days of visiting the house and army was laid out and um you know you can't go in a mari house without taking your shoes off and 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 every episode that any that any scene is set in this house every character slips off their flip-flops or something before they walk in Mm. And it's the attention to detail then that you don't yeah. always get on a soap, isn't it? Like the, we've had a joke yeah. about some of the other ones where we said, oh, they forgot about this or that sounds ridiculous. But they, they obviously spent a lot of time on it, researching it and had the right people writing it. And, and yeah. then it started then, didn't they? The attention to detail is, you can't yeah. beat that really. Yeah, yeah. it was it was really well done. Yeah. Wow, um, I'm not quite out of show to follow that one. Well, should we do it with something ridiculous? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one that we want to bring up is D Bliss. D, I don't know if you remember hey, D. Hey, wait. Cody. Fake Cody's D. wife. Yes. One of many Toadie's wives. <laughs> uh, She's the one I remember his... with the blonde hair. Yeah. Yes. I remember her. This was his first wife. So <laughs> there was a whole storyline where, because D is smoking hot. I would never go for Toadie in a million years. So there's a whole storyline of why is she with Toadie? And it's all because, oh, because, you know, beauty is only skin deep in the time you're in. You're a great person. You're the kind of person that can even marry and this, that, and the other. Those of us on the shenanigans around Dr. Darcy is very prominent in this. And Dr. Darcy is a very much a firm favorite of ours. On there. But they, they finally get their wedding day. Tody D are over the moon, and they're driving along. Whoa, right. whoa, whoa! You don't just go straight to a death like that. You got to do a bit of a build up. <laughs> that was the build up. That was not a good enough build up. Okay, all right. Was she a teacher improved, or something? Was she? A she was a. She was a nurse. She was a nurse. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah, so all everyone's in town apart from D's family. No one from D's family has come to this wedding whatsoever. Um, Suspicious. They have a hen do and a stag do. At Toadie's stag do, or Bucks Night, we well, call it over there, obviously, <laughs> he has Connor, Carl Kennedy, and then a couple of other people turn up later and they go to the pub, they put on silly wigs and they have quite a good time. Toadie ends up chained to a bus, a bus stop completely naked with a sparkly wig. Um, on Dee's um, uh, hen do, she has Toadie's mum, 
and Susan Kennedy at first, and she's like, oh, this is shit. Um, <laughs> but then luckily, Steph Scully, Libby turns up and all her nursey pals, and she has a good time. Um, they draw her on her head, um, which is brilliant. Um, and then she wakes up the next morning. She goes over to Lynn Scully's house. Lynn Scully says, what have you got on your head? I'm going to have to sort that out. Starts pimping her out to make her look like full-on princess. That's what it is. It's Beauty and the Beast at the end of the day. Uh, Toadie has a struggle with his trousers. Um, he cannot um, do them up. So his dad sews them. Um, he sews the fly and the button together so that he can hold them up. But then at the wedding, Toby's nervous. He drinks a lot of water and his dad says, whoa, 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 go easy on that water, son. I've sewn your pants up. You won't be able to get out of there. <laughs> the reason why I'm highlighting all these ridiculous things beforehand is because you then don't see what's coming. It is a it's like a fun wedding. It's ridiculous. Um, it's all the usual like toady shenanigans and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, so they get married, brilliant, like it's they've done their own vows and it's really nice. Um, and then Lou is driving the limo. The limo breaks down. Why they needed to put this in, I don't really know, but um limo <laughs> breaks down, so they have to borrow another car. And Toadie says, well, I'll just drive us to the next, like the reception or whatever it is. Brilliant. So they drive themselves, Dee and Toadie, drive off. We see them a little bit down the road. Again, this, this makes you think there's not, nothing coming here. They, they pulled over so that Toadie can have a piss and get out of his trousers. They've thrown this in and it's ridiculous. Um, they get him some new pants out of the boot of the car and discover that He's bought them tickets to the Maldives for a honeymoon that they didn't think they were going on. For some reason, D calls them the Maldives. Now, I don't know if this is how they call them. That's what they call them in Australia or not. But she says it twice. She call, She says, I'm so excited to go to the Maldives. And it sounded so weird. Um, I felt that was worth, worth mentioning. So you're like, OK, this is still pretty comical. They're, they're happily ever after. And they start kissing while Toadie's driving the car. Uh oh. Now, JK, you've not you've never kissed a girl before, but you probably wouldn't do that, would you? I have actually kissed a girl while driving, well, while sitting in traffic. But then I forgot to go, I forgot to put the handbrake on and I ended up like slowly rolling into the fucking middle. You're lane. an absolute joke. So they're snogging in the car. Um Toby's taking his eyes off the road, obviously. He plows right through like a bend in the road sign um, straight through it. Um, there is more than enough time to press on the brakes at this stage. But instead, <laughs> the car seems to speed up a little bit, which is a bit worrying. And it just careers off a cliff. Yeah, it fucking goes flying, that car. Yeah. And then it more dives into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it was a foreshadowing thing, the dives. This yeah. is it. So they're in the sea, um, and then that's the end of the episode. Cliffhanger again. Oh, shit, they're in the sea now. Next episode starts. <laughs> Where the fuck's D gone? Toadie's out of the car. There's no way D could have gone anywhere. She would also be there because she was in the same car as him, sat next to him with a seatbelt on. But she has vanished. She is gone. She is now lost at sea. What we find out as well in this next episode, when um, Toadie's brother Stoney arrives, Stonefish, along with Stuart, they see it, they go in to help. 
they are able to run in the sea up to where the car landed. So it, this this is it's a bit you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Shallow because, water, yeah. Yeah, she, 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 even in a wedding dress could have just paddled back to shore, I think. Um, oh but instead, and she's, not in the they, car. she's not there. She's gone. Tony's hmm. doing the. I, I can't find her. Back in. Can't find her. Stonefish runs in. He can't find her. They keep checking the car. She's not there. Eventually, they phone Coast Guard, the police, the ambulance. Carl, Susan turn up. The helicopters appear, <laughs> and while they're all sat on the beach going, oh, she's got to be out there somewhere, she's got to be out there somewhere, one of the policemen goes, should we call it a day? And they just walk <laughs> off. You don't, even, you don't even spend 24 hours, they're like, <laughs> someone goes, is it five o'clock? It's fucking, yeah. can we get off? Reggie <laughs> sandwich we time, go on. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and then Cold. you just have to assume that she's dead. So do we not do we not have a body for her? Right. So this is where oh. it's a bit tricky, and this is where no body, no crime. Uh, <laughs> go on, tell, tell. So I don't understand this. He's tried telling me this a couple of times, and I don't understand this. So go on. So, nineteen years later. So this is like yeah. massive folklore. Like Tony and D got married. D was missing. They play on this year after year after year. It's always brought up. It's always mentioned. It's always a big part of Tony's storyline. But how long nine... did it take him to get over it? How long till he moved on? Was it? Well, like he's married year? another nine women since then. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the problem. None of them were quite as hot as she was. Oh. It's always it's always rankled with him a little bit. He's peaked. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen years later, they decided to wreck on the whole thing. Oh, shit. Uh, Tony opens the door one day and there's Dee. <gasps> and she's like, Hi, Tody. Been a long time. And he's like, Didn't yeah, we already do this with Harold? Isn't this very similar to Harold? <laughs> he went up in the sea. It is, but wait for it. It gets even oh, more mental. I know this storyline because. Um, oh, do you? Yeah. I don't. It's well, a new news to me. Tell you, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it later turns out that this woman isn't Dee, actually. She is in Poston D. She's a woman called Andrea. And she gets eventually found out that she is an imposter. And you're like, oh, well, that was cool. You know, she looks exactly like D. But it's an imposter. And she was trying to take the money from, from Toadie. That's fantastic. A year later, they go, that was pretty cool, that D stuff. Let's bring this girl back again. But oh this God. time, Andrea goes to Toadie. Actually, I do think D is actually still alive and living as living in some hippie commune. Uh, there's a girl called Karen, and she's like, I think I can get in contact with her and meet, and meet up with you. Uh, at this point, Andrea tries to kill Dee uh, by pushing her off a cliff. Uh, so Dee is then uh, nursed back to health by a woman called, oh God, I can't remember, uh, Andrea's mum, I think, is the woman who nurses her back to health. And now this is where I'm struggling as well. Because it then turns that they get they can retcon everything and go, well, actually, the reason the brakes didn't work 19 something years ago was because this gang were after Andrea and they mistook D as Andrea, so tried to so put a hit on her and tried to, to kill her off. What <laughs> fucking river boys, is it? Are D and Andrea two different people? Are they are they two different actresses? No, it's no, the same, same actress. Same actress. Um, oh my yeah. god! I was yeah. hooked on this. You know, before it got cancelled for like the fourth time, 
Uh, <laughs> after, after the way you know you had to, you had to, you had to end your neighbours till the afternoon Channel Five movie, didn't you? Enjoy <laughs> it. It was only a couple of years ago. This, or it feels yeah, like, it? yeah, it's fairly. It yeah. feels like this should have been twenty years ago. Like how bonkers it is. Mm. But no, this is pretty recent. Uh, actually, it turns out they are sisters because again, we turned into the well about a year or so later. They're related. Yeah, Andrea goes. Isn't it weird that she looks exactly fucking like me? <laughs> <They're> <laughs> twins. So they do, yeah, so they do some digging and go. Oh, actually, yeah, we are twins. Oh my god! And the person oh, that's been good. nursing the real D back to health after being pushed off the cliff is her actual real mum, but gave her away, but was unaware that she gave her away. What? She didn't realise she gave. She pushed out Andrea first and went, "Fantastic job done." Didn't notice the second one coming out. What? <laughs> Are you Didn't notice the second one for your murder mystery, guys? Because this is the kind of story <laughs> telling we want. This is insane. So she had twins, but thought she had one kid. So who took the kid? I don't, I'm so confused. How did the kid uh, get to the hospital? It's going to make it worse. Doctor. Yeah, the How doctor took the, the second one, and then just Top kind of went outside and went, "Anybody want a kid? Oh Anyone?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the blisses ended up with me and that's how it all ended and that's why it's a great death because it was a great death and then they fucking retconned it and ruined it <laughs> but did they ruin it because it's fucking it's it's great to talk about that's blowing my mind <laughs> i still don't understand it so because <laughs> we had some telepathic twins but we that... did but they weren't related no because <laughs> it makes so we but, had these twins on the show that were supposed to be non-identical twins and they could feel when each other was in pain. But then there was a retcon where one of them got swapped at the hospital. So they weren't actually twins. They weren't actually related. Yeah. But that beats that, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> twin storylines that you don't know were twins always messed my head up. I'm like, how did you how did they how did she not know she was having two babies? Like you know, you know. Yeah, you would know. That's a, that's a good soap thing again, isn't it? If, anything with twins on a soap is going to be good, I think. Yeah. That's messed yeah. up. But that wasn't our last one. I'm guessing we both <laughs> saved either our favourite or a really bad one or a oh, no. crazy one for the end. No. <laughs> no, we saved a nice fast one. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> no, we're tired and I'm kind of hungry now. I'd like my tea, so... <laughs> Oh, Go on, Sai. Here's where you find like, one. Like, mate, like, Mason Morgan, isn't it, if I'm right? Yeah, Mason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mason Morgan, the youngest of three, came to the bay in witness protection, already started off well. Okay. <laughs> four? Youngest of four? Oh, four, no. sorry. Yeah, there was Corey, a Corey, Justin, Brody, Mason. Yeah, four. I forgot about Brody and he cheated with that slut Simone, so I don't like him. <laughs> Anyway, never written him um, so he was he's he's they're all in witness protection so initially they had two names didn't they as well that, that was confusing for a while um he stuck with mason when it all came out and all got tied orphans that stuck together basically and um, their parents died in what can only be described as a serious case of uh, mistaken identity and um, they're in the bay in witness protection. And then he is an aspiring doctor and manages to get 
a placement at um, Northern Districts, which is the local hospital down in Yabby Creek. Yabby Creek's where characters go. There's things in Yabby Creek characters go and do. There's nothing in Summer Bay. <laughs> the character needs a doctor, they go to Yabby Creek. If they need the police, they go to Yabby Creek. If they need shopping, they go to Yabby Creek. So um, he's down at the doc at the hospital, and his sister, who is the eldest, is she, no, he's just in the eldest. She's just she's definitely head of the eldest. Yeah. She's the mum, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She the boys in check. She's already a doctor, so he's got the pressure's on. Like he's got, he wants to be like his sister. And he, but he keeps, you know, he keeps doing, making mistakes. You know, he was growing medicinal marijuana in the garage for a while. But, he, you know, he was trying to help a girl out, you know, in pain. So, you know, we'll let him go. And uh, cut a long story short, this is actually what brought in the Parata character. You know, Ari, who just mentioned before, mm-hmm. who, who died, the Mari character. This is what brought him in because... He's out of the hospital doing good deeds when there is a siege. And they're held under hostage on the ward. And he is trying to help, he's trying to calm people down. He's trying to be, he's trying to be the guy, the nice guy. And it's another shooting. He's he's shot at the hospital. And what he's dead. What was the siege for? Why is it all kicking yeah. off? What, what, what did the, the siege oh. want? That was a massive, massive storyline that was going on with another character in the hospital called Jasmine, who was a nurse. And she was dating Robbo, who was being targeted by a gang. And she was in she Jasmine was at hospital working, but she was under protective custody um, from this gang member because basically they put a hit out on her. Um, But then it turned out that the the protective custody officer that was looking after her had actually dobbed her into the gang. He was working with the gang. So then the gang came to the hospital and um, held everyone hostage, essentially. So Mason was just like a, yeah, he's just the wrong place, wrong time. And do do you remember, Sai, when this was kicking off, there was another character called Bella who, to cut a long story short, was a troubled teenager going through some shit. Um, And she's kind of acting out out of attention um so she was acting up and and wanted attention from her brother who was a copper she'd taken a load of pills that day she'd stolen a load of pills from the hospital and she was ODing in the toilet and the gunman didn't know that she was in there at the time and she was in there with another character called Mac and Mac suddenly realized that Bella was going to die if she didn't do anything so they'd called the coppers and said there's gunmen in the hospital but then they had to go out and face them because Bella was going to die and that was the reason why Mason got killed because he was trying to sort of divert them because they wouldn't help her. They wouldn't let the doctors help Bella. And she was ODing on the floor in the hospital. Um, so Ari and Mason decided to create like a diversion to distract them and try and get the hostages out. So as they're doing that, a load of hostages ran for the door and legged it out. And in the scurry, Mason got shot by the gunman. So that's how he, yeah. he died. He's a good guy, really. He's a good guy. Yes. Yeah, he is. But what's criminal about it was he was completely forgotten because that hit was out and it was involving Jasmine and Robbo because Robbo died, mm-hmm. killed Robbo, was a huge character. He's he's called Ryan, the character, but he's called Robbo because he washed up with no memory on the beach. So they called him Robinson Crusoe. From- <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Uh, that's how he was introduced to the beach, just washed up on the beach yeah. um, and didn't know who he was. Um, and um, he he got he died in the same week, and his death was huge, and it was like a bit of like injustice for for Mason, you know, mm. that he sort of died a hero at the hospital siege, but never really got the 
uh, accolades for it and um, was long forgotten. And it was, I remember us on the pod going like, is anyone going to mention Mason? You know, like, <laughs> he died. <laughs> so this one's for Mace. <laughs> That's so nice. nice. Was the, was the girl all right as well in the end? Bella, well, yeah, she Bella she fine. had some she had some horse therapy and she turned out all oh, right. Oh yeah, yeah, she went to equine therapy. I forgot that. <laughs> I think she got destroyed some horses on a farm and then all of her problems went away and now she's living in New York as a photographer. So that's, yeah. <laughs> it works. Well, it obviously works. Then. <laughs> there you go. It obviously works. That ties quite nicely into our final one, to be honest, because this is. Uh, Anything but equine therapy. <laughs> Good one. I know I can do it sometimes, can't I? Don't give me any compliments though, Adam. I'll mess it up. I won't. Don't worry. It'll go. It'll go to my head again. So, I suppose two points for this one. Obviously, the horse link. Also, I think this is probably the death that is obviously devastating at the time, but actually, like people were still mentioning him months after, and it still felt like there was a big cloud of this character going which doesn't happen a lot in soaps. You do just forget, as, as you guys have just mentioned, you know, people do just kind of move on very quickly and stop mentioning this person once the funeral's happened. Uh, I'm talking about the death of Drew Kirk, who oh, yeah. did fall off a horse and yeah. die. Yeah, very, very okay, sudden. Okay, this is not a laughing matter now. This is not. This is no. now. It was the delivery of the line that made me laugh, not the actual death itself. <laughs> Just to clarify, <laughs> this one's horrendous. This one was this one got me at the time, and then obviously we and, rewatched stuff. We yeah. rewatched it, and I was like, "No, seriously, it's still horrible." This because he's such a like a fan. He, I don't even know if he was a fan favorite. He was, but he was one of our favorites. And you'd got like he'd he kind of just joined the cast as just by himself. Um, a bit like Robbo that you said said there for yours. He just turns up one day, gets a job at the garage. Um, he hasn't got a family or anything. He's just on his own, and he just becomes part of the show. Obviously, his relationship with Libby that we mentioned earlier, um, they, they've been quite a long will-they-won't-be kind of thing with them. Um, they eventually did. Then she found out she couldn't have kids. She said she didn't want to marry him. He persisted and said, and eventually... They do get married in a, for some reason, a big Scottish wedding with kilts and haggis and all sorts because Drew <laughs> Kirk's Scottish now, apparently. Um, so they did all that. And they and do have a baby as well. They have the baby, which is fabulous, little Ben. Um, and then what? So they've got the perfect family. They've kind of done all they need to do on Ramsey Street. They've kind of... What happens is Drew's dad owns a horse ranch out at Yabby Creek or whatever it's called on Neighbours, I don't know. <laughs> um, and he goes off to spend a little, to see his dad, because his dad's, um, is, he, is his mum died or is his mum not there or what's the deal? Uh, no, I, they think, because his dad rings up and's like, you need to come, you need to come to the to the farm. He's like, oh, fuck, my mum and dad are splitting up here. And um... he, I think we eventually find out that his dad's got a few health problems. So he's having to take pills and stuff. He's got like angina, I think is the yeah, one. Yeah, that was it. He's got some health problems. So he wants his family closer to home. So he's like, listen, I want you here with me, Kirk and Sons, raising horses, selling them on for a massive profit, living in this massive farm. It's the happy ending that you oh. deserve. Oh. Yeah. So, he's got, so the, oh, Drew's God. a bit funny though, isn't he? He's like, 
he, Drew doesn't want to do it at first because Libby's got her family, Kyle and Susan, and all that in Ramsey Street. So they're a bit like, oh, it's a great idea. We can help my dad out. It's always been the dream. I've always loved horses and I love working with them from such a young age. And horses love me. And whenever I ride a horse, I feel so alive. All that kind of stuff. Um, but And eventually they go, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to move. We're going to leave Ramsey Street. Um, and we're going to live live here on the on the ranch. Kirk and Sons, it's happening. So the next day, I don't know if I do what I do. This <laughs> might need a minute here. Might need a minute. Oh. So there's this one horse that has been very problematic. It, oh. the, the, nobody nobody on the farm can break this horse at all. It's a right bastard. It's the <laughs> mental horse. It's black for a kickoff. <laughs> like it's, it's an evil horse. It's, it's like a scary horse. No one can tame this horse. Does it have a name? This horse. Nightmare or something. <laughs> <laughs> so Drew Kirk goes, Don't worry, I will break that horse. Have you seen my hair? It's fucking beautiful. I'm beautiful. I will look majestic breaking this horse. No problem at all. Gets on this horse. He gets up early in the morning because he's so excited about everyone's excited. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Libby gets on a horse. She gets on one of the little Shetland ones and she totters off. And she's like, we did it, Drew. This is this is our moment. Drew says, yeah, I'm just going to get on this fucking mental horse. See you in a second. <laughs> and honestly, he doesn't. Do you like those, like, in America where they have those buckaroo kind of things and you have oh, like, mechanical yeah. bulls? It's yeah. like that. He doesn't last, like, two fucking seconds. He literally, Libby turns around, he's on the fucking floor. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. Bang, on the floor. <laughs> Libby's like, Drew, runs over. And Drew knows he's fucked. He yeah. knows he's absolutely fucked. Straight away, he's just like, I'm fucked here. Libby, I love you. Tell Ben I love him as well. And she's like, what do you mean? You, you'll be fine. And he's like, no, I'm fucked here. I'm, I'm... <laughs> right, so, but you don't think he is because he's talking, he's saying I'm fucked, but you don't believe it. And they put him in the stretcher and they get the, the helicopter to come and he comes and air lifts him off to the hospital. Libby's like, think Drew's fucked here to Carl on the phone. Carl says, I'll be there in a bit. He's Drew Kirk. He's a fan favourite on the show and you're having a happily ever after. So there's nothing that could possibly happen to him. <laughs> Next episode, we're at the hospital. Um, everyone's shitting it because everyone's like, oh, he's falling off his horse. He's really good at horses, but he'll probably be fine because his hair is fabulous. And then doctor comes out, calls Carl over because Carl's a doctor, obviously. He goes, Carl. He's like, yeah, yeah, is he all right? Fucked, mate. No, gone. He's fucking gone. Um, and and Carl, Carl goes... What? <laughs> it's like they didn't tell any of the other cast members that this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, which does make it so it it does make it that more harrowing now because it is off screen and you're not expecting it. Like generally, most soaps you do get that you know you get that flat line, etc. Yeah. You get to see the moment they expire. Mm. But you do this one. It's just such a shock, and everyone just has to react to it. And Libby is fantastic in the scene. Just obviously just completely breaks down. Just starts like heaving and screaming. And and then all in, all his mates and the family around just don't know what to do. It's really, it's really well acted by everybody. They got all the good people in for these, this scene, didn't they? Because yeah. it's quite, it's, it's a fairly random mix of people. 
Mm. Well, it's, all, it's, it's everyone who you'd want on the show, like there, yeah. like to to see it and everything. But it's it's one of them where you know, like in not necessarily a soap, but a film or something, when a lead character dies and you think, whoa, that wasn't supposed to happen. You're supposed to yeah. get to the end of the film or yeah. or something like that. And that's what it kind of felt like because he was such a big, big part of the show. And he was kind of like, he was doing, he hadn't been on it that long either. And he was a younger character. It was it was one of them where it was like, whoa, Drew can't die. Mm. We'll come back in in a minute. It's gutsy the show. Sorry to interrupt. It's gutsy. I was going to say about um, you know to to do that to such a massive character, mm. you know, and yeah. a big sort of you know these because because the, especially the Aussie soaps they do like to do these power couples every decade or so, don't they? Yeah. yeah. To do that to to you know that big power couple of an artist is is a gutsy move. Actually, that could have that that's mm. you know that's gambling that. You know, yeah, that, the writers. Yeah, I think you're right, and as well, like, because it was out of the blue. Like a lot of the times with a death, you can kind of see it coming. Oh, there's there's a gang coming, and something bad's going to happen at some point. Or those two yeah. characters haven't been getting along. It's got to come to a head at some point. This was one of them where it was like, mm-hmm. they're fine. They've got everything they wanted. They're going to get the the happy ending. No, they're not. Mm. Oh, one of them. How did you feel if he, he was one of your favourite characters? How did you feel about not actually seeing his death? Because I always feel a bit cheated when it sounds really creepy, but I like to see them die. I want to see the body. I want to see, wow. <laughs> I want to see the flat line. I want to see the head explode. I want to see the death. Like... To a certain degree, you do, don't you? Because you it's like it's like your chance to say goodbye to them in a way. Does mm. that sound a bit I don't know? But with this one, it, it like I said. It's, it was one of them where you thought, well, someone will come in in a minute and say, oh, no, he's okay. Yeah. But they Isn't never did. And yeah, you just kind of here. sat waiting yeah. for it. And then, like, the next episode, what they did for the next episode with the fallout kind of thing, it was kind of a couple of days later, and it was everyone just kind of picking up the pieces. It wasn't like the next, mm. that like, it picked up straight away, and it was everyone's in the yeah. hospital, and what do we do next? It was people coming in and going, that well, that was a that was a good funeral yeah. for They filmed group. it. They filmed yeah. it as well. It's like, do you know, like some is this really happening? Like it all felt kind of dreamlike almost. Like, is yeah. this shit? Is this really what's happening? And they kind of they do rush through the funeral a little bit, just again to really kind of shock you and shake out of it. And then the end of the episode with Libby going, just going like, What the fuck do I do now? Like mm. and I remember watching it going, Yeah, what the fuck do we do now? Like, I don't know if I can yeah. watch tomorrow. Oh. Maybe you were supposed to feel that bewilderment with them. Then maybe it was meant to be shocking and like confusing, and maybe it's maybe it's not happened in that kind of denial of maybe they're not really dead and they're just going to walk through the door. Because you do feel that when someone really dies, don't you? So yeah. maybe maybe it was meant to feel that way rather than. Can I just always feel chilled, <laughs> cheated when you don't see it. I'm always like, but I want. I was watching that. I want to see. I want to see the end. <laughs> Like the um like the reaction audience reaction back then to that you know like oh. was it was it obvious there was it apparent that there was a bit of like a shock reaction from the viewers i think the most of them like you say because they were the couple at the time and hmm. they've been through so much it's just kind of natural to think oh well they're they're love characters they're going to get the ending and when they didn't i think there was probably a a bit of a 
not a backlash, but everyone was just a bit like you say, what a bit bewildered by the whole thing. Um, mm. but what can you do if you watch a soap, people die, and you tune in again tomorrow to see what's <laughs> well, what we next. were we were actually lucky enough to speak to Dan Paris, who's the actor as well. And he actually yeah. told us that the writers had to convince him that he was going to die. Because I think the original plan was that they do go off and have this. Uh, because the actor is like, ah, I've kind of been on a couple of years. Like, like I said, they've done, they've done all their storylines almost. They just needed mm-hmm. to go off into the sunset at this point. And he's, and the writer said, listen, if you don't die, you're going to be tempted to come back in a couple of years. <laughs> so if you, really want, if you really want to go and do what you want to do yeah. and go and live your life, then you need to die. Okay, like to talk him into it. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to talk him into yeah. it. And as, as sad as it was, I'm kind of good. I'm, I'm kind of glad that they did because it is. Yeah, it, it's really, really iconic for for Rose. And I think for I think everyone like it's not often we talk to other people outside about neighbours. We try and keep it hush hush <laughs> if we're honest. <laughs> but, Embrace you know, it. It's fine. It's, did he get his ghost moment? Because if it had been oh, on the yeah. he did a couple of years later. But it wasn't with his wife, though. Was a, that was a bit Was weird. he riding a horse? Or? Oh. No. <laughs> so the Steph Scully was massive. <laughs> I just want to see a ghost on a horse. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good, well, wouldn't it? tamed it. I broke it now. Everything's fine in heaven. It's <laughs> fine now, Ramsey Street. Yeah. Yeah, it could be the horse, maybe the horse dies and then they get reunited and he goes, I'm sorry. And he's like, it's okay, dude. That could be a storyline. <laughs> but he yeah, he does ghost. get his ghost moment, which was But then nice. they also did, um, like I was saying before about those web series, they did Neighbours versus Zombies and he comes back as a zombie at one point. <laughs> there we go. So <laughs> <laughs> he was tempted to come back. And he There's always a chance. So they were so right. What... If, they'd have, if they hadn't have killed him, he'd have been back on the show, wouldn't he? Mm. definitely yeah definitely how was his dad after that his dad was like come and live with me because i've got angina and then his son dies because of that decision i don't think it helps his angina no (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god he might have had to up his dosage after that yeah oh god (laughs) poor dad oh so there we go i'm feeling (laughs) i'm feeling pretty yeah i feel like i've been in a fight if i'm honest <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've given my all there. I'm feeling pretty drained. Uh, but that's what happens when you talk about deaths for the best part of two hours, <laughs> I imagine. Like <laughs> when it's going out, it's gonna be just after Halloween in it for, for the macabre people among us. People yeah, like so you want... want to see dead dead bodies and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. be written out, I want to be killed off. <laughs> <laughs> it can be arranged in March. <laughs> so there we go do you, do you think it's going to go to what do you think you've equalised do you think it's going to be one round each with that one because I don't know I, don't know how to I think it's going to be close one. again it's yeah. going to be very very close I think I, well, think, people, I think the vote I think people are going to they're entrenched I think they're entrenched let's right. see okay, well uh, like I say it's not up to us we think we fought a good fight but it is up to the listeners to decide. Uh, we'll put out the Twitter polls as usual. Uh, you can also contact us via all our socials and all the feedback and let us know what you think the best deaths were. Was it in Neighbours? Was it in a home and away? You lot decide. Thank you for listening and we will do this again very, very soon.
but I'm going to need to sleep before that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye.